Welcome to Slaking Thirst, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. It's cool. We're starting our, our TOB2 week on, uh, on Halloween, which is, uh, I don't know, that's kind of cool. It's Halloween, right? Mm-hmm. Halloween's a weird, it's a weird day to be a priest on Halloween, especially traveling in airports. The, uh, <laughs> it just is, it is. And like, it never fails. Something, somebody says something weird and like, so I was getting out, out, off the, the plane, coming out of the gate, and uh, I stepped through the door and there was like a Franciscan friar standing right there. And I was about to be like, hey brother, and I'm looking at him. Like, you're not real. You're, you're, you're so not real. And then uh, I'm like, I'm, I'm real. I'm, this, is, this is not a costume. This is real. So I saw him later, like down, the, down the, uh, the, what do you call it, the hallway later on. And I was like, hey, we, we need to take a picture. I'm, I'm a real one of these, right? It, that was just great. It was great. So, uh, yeah, this is awesome. This is awesome to be together, right? This is, this is an awesome place to be too, right? The, uh, it's, been, it's been a few years since I've been at Black Rock. And the new chef that we got, I mean, to start off your retreat with, like, a filet mignon bar- carving station? Like, what? I got my shrimp, shrimp on my plate, and the chef was like, there's, a, there's a, a filet carving station over there. I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, cool. He's like, no, it's over there. I'm like, holy smokes, it's amazing. So we're just going to, we're going to, our hearts are going to be filled this week, and we're going to gain so much weight, and we're going to be so happy, and it's going to be so awesome. It's going to be so good. Okay. So this is, uh, this is what I want to talk about tonight, because the Lord is giving us some great scriptures to reflect on tonight. Did you just make my mic a lot hotter? Yeah, okay, that's probably good. No, this is fine. This is fine. Yeah, thanks. We're, we're good. All right. So one of the things that's been a huge part of my, my, uh, the priesthood that I've gotten to, uh, to live with the Lord these past few years, I was ordained in 2016. I'm a priest serving in the Diocese of Cleveland at a parish called Sacred Heart of Jesus, my first assignment, though, was a parish called Communion of Saints, which was built in the 1930s. And it's this gorgeous, 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 old kind of Romanesque style church. And it's got a, a center aisle that's like a mile and a half long, which means that we, get, we did a lot of weddings, right? Because the brides, I think, they would go to the cathedral uh, and they would get sticker shock when they would find out how much it costs to get married at the cathedral. And the cathedral would be like, have you checked out Communion of Saints? And so we did all these weddings, and I did so much marriage prep. There was, there was one, there was at one point I had 17 couples, like, at the same time, like, concurrently, right? It was, oh, yeah, it was, it was a lot. It was a lot. Some of them are, like, awesome. My brother priest will attest to this. Like, some couples come in, and you're like, this is going to be so great. Other couples, you're like, I can't wait to be done with you, or kind of a thing. Uh, it's just true. It's just, it's just the truth. It's just the truth. It's just the truth. So, uh, the, yeah, the couples are all over the place. But uh, when you're in seminary, at least in our seminary in Cleveland, they, one of the courses you take is a course on, on, on marriage, uh, you know, as you might guess. And uh, in that course, you kind of are, at, you are asked by the professor to uh, kind of draft your own, like, curriculum of doing marriage prep. And... Uh, that's kind of what you kind of get launched into the field, like equipped with, you know, like the church doesn't give you really like, this is what you need to cover. These are the sessions. So, you know, I'm a, I'm a newly minted deacon. I start doing marriage prep. And after like a year, a year and a half or so of doing the, the sort of standard sessions that I had, I kind of realized I needed to add a new session into what I had. I needed to add another session to the foundation 
on the heart. I needed a session on the heart because there was something that was, that was implicitly clear in my mind that I needed to make explicitly clear for the couples. The whole notion of like an anthropology of the heart. I love that I can use those words like with you guys and like you, you're with me. You're with me. I love this. But I needed to have a session on like the anthropology of the heart, like where the heart, like the heart's natural habitat, meaning Eden, and what our hearts are looking for and the longings for intimacy and and all of those things. I needed to, to, to talk about how the heart and what God is doing in their hearts was like literally at the heart of matrimony, right? So that's what I did. I added this session on intimacy and vulnerability and, and letting the other person in and, and all of those things, right? And like I've, I, I have that session down, right? Like I know I, you know, as like when you do a, when you do a sort of talk over and over again, you kind of know like, like the, the setup and you know how to like really get them to cry, right? Like you know how to like build it in, like this is really gonna, this is gonna, this is gonna move them, right? So like I've got that session down and I usually know how to expect like where it's gonna go and how it's gonna flow and how we're gonna react and all those things. And so like I had this experience a couple weeks back. I had a, I had a new couple I'm working with and uh, something happened in this session that I just can't stop thinking about. So I'm going through the normal things that I'm usually talking about, you know, the idea that the only path to the intimacy that we actually long for, the only path, like the only path, is through vulnerability and self-disclosure, like a commitment to letting yourself be known, giving the other person the higher security clearance badge through trust and letting them in at deeper and deeper levels, right? And I'm going through this, I'm going through this, and like, and he's nodding with me. He like, he's the groom. He's tracking with me. And she's sitting there and like, she's just got this serious expression, arms folded. And um, I don't want to say cold, but cold. Okay. <laughs> and, um, and it's not usually that way. It's usually like her who's like, yeah, preach father. Like get this guy, this Neanderthal to open up a little bit. So, but it was him. It was him who was nodding. It was him who was with me. And I was just kind of struck by that. And, and he's taken it in and like, in the midst of me talking, he just like puts up his hand to stop me and he turns and he looks at her and his like voice is shaken and he just goes, babe. First of all, I was like, babe, <laughs> babe. He goes, babe, like this is what I've been talking about. He's like, I, I didn't know how, I didn't have the words to describe what I've been talking about, but this is what I've been talking about. Then he looks at her and he says, this is, this is what he said. He goes, babe, he goes, I am fascinated by you. I'm fascinated by you. He goes, I want to know everything there is to know about you. He says, I want to see everything there is to see in you. And he said it again, I am fascinated by you. And like, as you might imagine, like it just melted her. She starts crying. I start crying. Her and I both reach for the tissues at the same time. Like, 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 oh my gosh, right? It was so powerful, but not as powerful as her response. She just said, again, through tears and a lot of snot, I'm just so scared that you won't love it all. Right? I'm just so scared that you won't love it all. Friends, I've just been praying with like that conversation and just... Like, that's, that is our Jesus. That is our Jesus. He is looking at us, especially as we are, like, commencing this intentional week of wasting time with the Lord. And this is what he's saying to us, that I'm, I, I'm fascinated by you. 
fascinated by you. Like we hear the Lord say all the time and we hear it in scripture. We, you know, you get it in your journals that the Lord loves us. At a certain point, that just like doesn't do it anymore. Like it just, it's, he loves us, he loves us, he loves us, he loves us. And we just don't even really hear it. But to hear him say, I'm, fasc- I'm fascinated by you. I want to know everything there is to know about you. I want to see everything there is to see in you. Like the gospel that we have this weekend that Deacon Keith just read, that he just proclaimed, we hear from the depth of Jesus' heart. Like I don't know if this scribe realized how deep the question was that he was asking the Lord. I don't think he realized like the depths of the place that his answer sprang from. But like I just I just see the smile on Jesus's face as he asks him like what is the first commandment? Like if you could just distill it down. Right? Is that not what John Paul II has done? Distilled it down. What St. Paul did, husbands love your wives, distill it down. John, in his letter, God is love. This is distillation of the truth. Just can you distill it for me into the essence? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. And he understood. Like that, I'm sure, in Jesus' heart, consoled him so much. The seed found fertile ground. There's nothing that consoles the heart of Jesus than fertile receptivity. Nothing that consoles his heart more than fertile receptivity, for, that, that, that we give him a place for his mercy to go. We give him a place for his grace to go. We give him a manger for him to lie in. There's nothing that consoles his heart more than our receptivity. And he says, you want to know what matters the most to me? You want to know what matters the most? It's that you let me love you. That's really the greatest commandment. But he puts it this way, that you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. That sounds so beyond us, right? Like, like I get conceptually the loving my neighbor part, like love your neighbor as yourself. I, I, I get that. I know what neighbors are. Like I've got neighbors and I, I, a, I know how I want to be loved and I can conceptualize how I, you know, I'm supposed to love them, right? But, but how really do you love God? Like the God who spoke creation into being the God who split the Red Sea in two, the God who holds every photon and atom and molecule in being, like the God who glowed out of the burning bush and the God who called Abraham and Moses and like the God who was a pillar of cloud by day and a column of fire by night, the God who became flesh and died and bled for me and hung upon a cross, wrote like, how do you, like, what kind of love language does that God, that being appreciate, right? Like, like, words of affirmation. God, you're doing a really good job with the colors this fall. You know, I really appreciate gravity. It's really nice to not float in space. Like, I don't know. Like, like none of those human ways of relating work when it comes to, like, God, right? But that's, that's we're thinking about it wrong. We're thinking about it wrong. And I think our initial impulse, especially as dutiful Christians, as, as, as attentive disciples, is like, well, to love God is to do a lot of things for God, you know? To respond to God with, like, all these prayers and novenas and devotions and all, da, 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 all the things, right? All the Catholic things. And there's nothing wrong with those things. There's absolutely nothing wrong with those things. In fact, they're good things. Like, we should probably do more of those. But, like, the response that the bridegroom's heart is looking for from the bride is acquiescence, is unlatching the door. It's 
access. Just like that couple sitting on my couch during marriage prep, like there was, there was a pain in the groom-to-be's heart. There was a pain in his voice that like this woman that he so loved because of fear just kept keeping him out despite how he loved her, albeit imperfectly. Like the, the suffering of unrequited love is what's behind Jesus' heart in this gospel. Like I think that was really the suffering of the agony in the garden that the enemy came to him and whispered to him like as he saw his blood dripping upon the hard rock in Gethsemane. His blood, his lifeblood pouring out of his face, dripping on the rock and just pooling there. Not soaking in, just pooling there. And the enemy whispered, just like this, they will not receive you. Like the gift is not going to go anywhere. The gift isn't going to go anywhere. And I'm certain that in that moment, Jesus' own Father, not my will, but thy will be done, was born out of his own remembering that like, it already was perfectly received. That what gave him the, I mean, he was a Jew. What gave him the chutzpah, okay? What gave him the chutzpah to say, Father, not my will, but thy will be done, was his own mother's, let it be done unto me according to thy word. That it was already perfectly received. Like Jesus is saying to us, like, I'm fascinated by you. I want in, I want in, I want in. Will you grant me access? Like this is the invitation for us this week. This is the invitation. This is what we're doing, this time set apart. It's, it's, there's so much for us to ponder this week. There's, we've got our book full of, you know, a thousand and one quotes and we're gonna be underlining and highlighting and taking margin notations and that's good, that's, that's, that is good. But like the danger becomes, the, da- the danger creeps in when we, like, when we can begin to think about what we're doing here as just like, man, this is all just so fascinating. This is all just so fascinating. This theology of the body thing. Here I am taking the next course in this thing known as theology of the body. Theology of the body isn't a course. It's the terrifyingly awesome, overwhelming heart of God proposed to you. Not like to y'all, but to, like to you. Like it is his eyes burning like fire and dripping in mercy and tenderness that are locked on you. That's the theology of the body. That he's looking at you. He's looking at you. He's looking at you. <laughs> and everything that's there. with not an ounce different than how he looked at like his own mother, how he looked at Mother Teresa, how he looked at John Paul II. Like, like he's locked in. The love of the bridegroom is, the love that the bridegroom is looking for is access. Surrender. I will let myself be known in all the ways there is to let myself be known. 
There'll be no darkness in me because I'll let you see everything. Friends, this is what we're being invited into. This is the depths. It's his eyes. His eyes. Let's just take a moment in the silence and let our hearts, let our imaginations, which is the place, the place in our soul where God speaks, let our imaginations be filled for a moment with those eyes locked on you.